Welcome to A Better HR Business, the podcast that looks at how HR consultants and HR tech firms grow their businesses and how they help their employers to get the best out of their people. Remember, for show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Okay, let's get started. Hello, everyone. It's Ben here again at SAS Stock in Dublin. I am delighted to be joined today by Benjamin Dill. Benjamin is a fascinating tech entrepreneur with a bunch of really cool tech SaaS products, which we're going to have a bit of a chat about now. So, Benjamin, thanks very much for joining me today. Sounds good. I only exclusively talk with other Bens in podcast interviews, <laughs> so it's, it's, it's great to find another one um, listening around here. And it's an obscure fact, but I'm in fact not a Benjamin. I hate to have to reveal this, but I'm a Benvenuto, which... On paper sounds cool, except when you go to Italy and you think, all right, I'm going to try and speak some Italian here. And I say, buongiorno, io sono benvenuto, which means hello, I am benvenuto. But they hear that as hello, I am welcome, which they find <laughs> strange. You seem to be just as good at, at language and, as, as I am. I, I famously say hello in French uh, when I leave somewhere and, and then goodbye when I, when I arrive. Yeah. To my wife there many many years ago and that's exactly what happened so uh, I, i've learned to stick at what i know how to do and, and leave the languages to other people brilliant brilliant <laughs> so like i said you've done a lot and it's, it's a fascinating journey i would perhaps we could start with something that's cool new and on its way in beta testing i believe so it's uh, onboard flow is that right yeah onboardflow.com launched it in beta literally two weeks ago so it is very very fresh in that in that respect and it's primarily there to really help those SaaS companies out there pretty much any software company that um, engages in some sort of trial or offers some sort of trial for their customers. Something that we've learned in launching and running our own sort of SaaS businesses is that it's all too easy to fail to understand and to visualize how many trials you have, where are they in that sort of journey? And and that journey for you might be a 14-day trial, might be a 30-day trial or somewhere in between. And to what extent have they actually engaged with the product? Not to mention the the all-important conversion rates and all these things. And We'd like to think that we, we are armed with these sorts of pieces of information, and many of us are, but are you really engaging with the information that is telling you a real, true, and meaningful picture or story about those trials? Because you know it's pointless getting people through the front door if, if you're really not maximizing that opportunity. And it's just not good enough this day and age with product-led sort of focuses to just look at conversion rates and kind of make in, in inferences from that point. And so Onboard Flow lets you sort of visualize, you know, how many people do we have? Where are they? What are they doing? Have they engaged in, in any sort of key conversion metrics or events? And we sort of unearth sort of key sort of metrics around that. You know, what is the, the average number of, for example, team invites that they've made during a 30-day trial? And, and in fact, how does that compare with the average number of team invites that a successful converting trial would end up making? And team invites, you know, in inverted quotes, is apply whatever that metric is for you. It could be the number of social accounts they connect, the, the number of projects they create, tasks they create, you pass the data to us and we combine that with Stripe and subscription data to really create a really deep sense as to what's going on. Okay. So that was a nice short, pithy uh, was right? That was good. You nailed I'm getting it. getting good at this. Can you tell it's only two, two weeks old? <laughs> you nailed it. So normally in SaaS conversion analysis, it's about free trials in, conversions out, whereas you're saying, let's apply some activity analysis. So see what they've done as indicators of whether they're going to stick around. and You're right. Yeah, customers. absolutely. Let's, you're right. A lot of focus traditionally on getting them through the door and then how many get out at the other end, the conversion rate. What we care about is what happens in, in between those two points. And you know, the basics of the premise being, if you can understand what they are doing, what they're not doing, you can better inform 
key departments in your business, you know, whether it's customer success and how they reach out to people and indeed who they reach out to, as well as product and, and what's working, what's not. Are they actually engaging with the key thing that you think they should be engaging with in order to convert? So there's a lot of interesting things going on there. I actually know of different SaaS products where people log in and then never log back in yeah, for months yeah. later, and but they pay their bills. So you think everything's fine until they just suddenly churn. So it's interesting that you can do that sort of analysis. And how did you actually come up with the idea? Well, as with most of the things that I decide to, to move into, it, it always starts from some element of, of a pain point that I've experienced myself, or certainly my, my team have experienced. And it is, it, it's no different here. We have, you know, I, I operate a number of other SaaS businesses, as you mentioned. And in all cases, there's no doubt that we could do better at understanding what our trials are doing. And so, you know, for me, there's no better reason to start at least exploring something if it's based on, on something that you know is a, is a common truth slash common sort of pain point. So I always start from there and then it sort of, it either just ends up being an internal sort of insight or report or tool for us, or it then takes on its own life and sort of, you know, suggests that it might be of use to other people. And that makes sense. And I know I'm, I'm always talking about marketing and some elements of sales to that. But if you go to so much time and effort and, and money to bring people into your sales funnel and then fail to convert them, then that's a huge waste. It's a lot more effort to bring them to the front door than, I don't know, bring them through the hallway and actually walk them into, into the business. So that's really good. So can you tell us a bit about the other products you've built and how did they come about? Yeah. So Hey Summit is an interesting one. And that's the one we're here at SaaS Stock. That's the one on my, on my badge. I had to choose one of, the, of these companies just Outrageous. to pop on there. It's the one that sort of we're, we're, we're heavily involved in at the moment. It's an online summit platform, basically, from, from start to finish. Within a few clicks, you can put together and create, construct your online summit. And really, an online summit is nothing more than, uh, in, in a basic sense anyway, nothing more than a, a collection of webinars that you are delivering over a certain period of time. So we're here at a physical conference at SaaS stock, an online summit is basically a virtual version of one of those. So you might run it over two days, over two weeks, and have a collection of talks over that period. And generally speaking, you're going to sort of wrap it around a certain theme. It certainly can work being fairly broad, but generally speaking, you're going to sort of narrow it in to a certain extent. An interesting story, this came out not through, I suppose it is sort of semi-pain point, but um, for missing letter another one of our companies, I'll mention perhaps after this, if we have time, mm. we were looking at sort of ways that we might be able to engage with our audience, with our customer base. I think it was last summer, if memory serves me. So 2018, is that my memory? Um, yes, I think it's 2018. And I was simply thinking, okay, we're in a slow period over the summer. People are generally on holidays. They're not, you know, when that's not, you know, not, and our staff, we're, we're on holidays as well. Let's just see if there's something that we can do from a, um, an educational standpoint marketing standpoint that enables us to put some content in front of our existing customers just to exhibit and deliver a bit of value to them. And so I thought, let's just maybe over a three-week period, one session each week, let's just do an, what I would call maybe an expert webinar and bring in someone from the um, outside world and have them talk about a particular topic. No charge, just bring them in and deliver some value to our customers. And then I woke up the next morning and thought, it's great. I mean, it does still sound good, but it didn't sound ambitious. And that frustrated me. And I thought, well, if I were to be ambitious, what might that look like? Right. So, um, my brain started whirring off and I thought, well, if I were being ambitious, I would, I wouldn't try and, you know, copy what other people have done. And I, but I would try and do some sort of online summit. And so I decided there and then that it would be a 100 speaker strong summit, um, that would run over two weeks that I would run it or launch it in about six weeks. So I gave myself a very sort of six strict deadline and that sounded good. Until I woke up the next morning and then I realized that, okay, if I'm going to do this and 
be as ambitious as that might first appear. There's no way I'm going to do that using a, a cookie cutter WordPress site or anything silly like that. It had to deliver the quality and the brand sort of ethics and everything else that I hold true. And so day two, I decided that um, not only would I put a 100 speaker strong summit on in six weeks, but I would do it all by myself, including the promotion and everything else, because I didn't want to pull my team away from you know what they were already doing. But crucially, that we would build the platform from scratch so that we would have that ultimate control over the entire experience and everything else. And so I had six weeks that have been the busiest six weeks <laughs> you've ever had, I think. But we got there. We had 101 speakers, one cancelled. So thank God <laughs> we were able to sort of say that we were a, we delivered the 100 speaker strong summit. Um, but most crucially, by the end of it, we had our speakers and our attendees and our sponsors singing praises for the platform. They just assumed it had, had always been there and it was maybe used for enterprise or where did this come from? I've never seen it before. And it became very, very clear very, very quickly that actually there's a product here and uh, we'd be stupid not to sort of push it out to the market and, and spin it out. So that's very much what I started doing. I, I spun it out into its own business and started building a team specifically for that business. And here we are today, just less than a year on, and we have Hey Summit. That is fantastic. And I know that the product is amazing and uh, I'm actually going to be running one myself. So thank you very much for building it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Anything else you've been doing in your spare time? Well, as you've noticed, I do like to, you know, explain things in a slightly verbatim. Um, I, I have a, sl a slight sort of in-depth style. So I don't know whether your audience would <laughs> like me to talk about another one of my businesses. Yeah. But uh, maybe the challenge is to, is to do it in a slightly more pithy way, just to <laughs> be mindful of your, of, of your and your audience's time. <laughs> so Missing Letter is another one which is kind of interesting. It's on a very, very basic level. I'll try and be basic. It's a social media management platform specifically for companies and individuals that blog, that use content marketing as part of their core central strategy. We basically monitor your, web, your website, your blog. When you next publish that blog post, we extract it, do some analysis over that long form content, and we convert it into a 12-month long social media campaign, um, all with bite-sized um, social optimized snippets, with imagery, with quote bubbles, using your own branding or theming and everything else around it, your hashtags. And we, as I say, convert that into a 12-month-long campaign that you as the customer then get to review. So nothing goes out without your say-so. So usually within about 20 minutes of you clicking publish on WordPress or whichever platform it happens to be, you'll get an email from us telling you that your campaign is ready. And it's all designed to, and by the way, you review it, you can cycle through different options and tweak it should you need to. When you click go, we then distribute it over that and drip it out over that 12-month period, just like Buffer would, just like Hootsuite. At that point, it's it's no different really, I suppose, from any other social media platform. But it's written for you. But it's written for you with your editing later on, should you need to. So don't worry. It's not like locked in. It's very few customers need to edit, but it's there should you need to. And it's there because it's not good enough to write. It's not the Wayne, Wayne's world, world that we live in. It's not, you know, write it and people will come. You write it and then you need to promote it. And that's where most people either don't have time genuinely because they're, you know, they have other things they should be focusing on. But if you're investing time in writing that blog post, you really should be doing something to promote it across your social channels. And so that's where Missing Letter can help you out. It's amazing. So how do you manage to balance your time and focus across these different businesses? It's a challenge. Um, I'm a bit of a workaholic. Um, I'm trying to pare down on that. But one thing I'm, I'm really doing with a slightly more sort of focus this year is to really start building out the teams to an extent that they're not entirely dependent on me and that, that they can sort of get on with it and allow me to sort of, sort of slightly more on the peripheral advise and, and sort of, you know, help where needed, but not be integral to the day-to-day -day running. And that as a strategy enables me to bring in really, really exceptional people that can, you know, do things better than I can on a day-to-day -day basis. 
So you're having gone through all this and you've built products and uh, you've tested them and then decided, yep, we'll push ahead. What's your advice for other HR tech companies that want to develop either new product functions and or grow faster and grow more extensively? Well, if, if you want to develop other product functions, I would, I would say be disciplined. Uh, one of the things that has been consistent throughout my time is, is coming up with an idea is just one part of it. Knowing and having the, the, the discipline to execute it in a timely fashion is critical because if you don't, you are wasting a huge amount of time and opportunity, market opportunity, but also just time and, and cost from your side. So great, have an idea, you know, have the ambition to expand your product base and your, your, your product line, but do it in a way that you can quickly or as quickly as possible test the outcome and measure it and be disciplined in measurement. You know, if it, if it turns out that it's, it's not right or it's just not being picked up, you know, have the discipline to move on to something else. In terms of marketing, I, I would say, you know, much like the idea I had with Missing Letter that ended up turning into Hey Summit, um, allow yourself that freedom when you have that downtime, when, you, when you're looking for the next thing, to maybe just think outside of the box about different types of marketing initiatives that you might want to do and try and make them interesting that maybe others haven't done. So it doesn't have to be a 100-speaker strong summit. Mm. In fact, I probably wouldn't recommend that. If you, I don't have hair, as, as, <laughs> as, as you can see, as the fellow uh, listeners can't see. But you will lose it if you try and put one of those on yourself if you're not careful. So it doesn't have to be stupidly ambitious, but it does need to maybe have a slight angle to it. That also allows you to deliver your brand sort of um, personality and everything else in between. I like that. On the marketing side and the, and the business growth aspect, I know that you have cleverly used the term audience or um, engaging people in the almost in the product feedback stages. And it develops advocates of your product. So can you tell us a bit about that and what people might be able to do? Well, first of all, I think it's a double-edged sword, first of all, customer, customer feedback. I'm reminded of um, Steve Jobs' quote, which I'm going to bastardize now because I can't remember it exactly, okay. but it's something along the lines of, look at where the hockey puck is going to, not where it is now. I think that's so, Wayne Gretzky, but yeah, we'll call it Steve Jobs. I'm sure he said something similar. Well, I'm, I'm an Apple fan, so I'm going to pretend it's him yeah, we'll because it him. that feels yeah. better for me. But it's so true. Like, it, it, it's too easy to listen to feedback. But you've got to have a, you've got to know what you're evaluating it around. You know, you've got to have your vision and then collect your feedback. Don't do it the other way around. Don't let the feedback directly drive the ambition and the vision. One must come before the other. Because otherwise you, you too easily follow the customers are saying, which, which isn't always either where you want to be as yeah. a business or where you should be as a business. So just be careful about that. But separately, I found something that's worked really, really well for me, which is just really, really basically just allowing yourself to be authentic. It's a really bollocky word, but, but just yeah, yeah. allow yourself to be authentic and real and human in the way that you do reach out. So for those that are customers um, of, of one of our products where you've seen me um, reach out, it will always be, hey, Ben here from, insert company name here. It's always signed off with my name. I always reply to any messages that come through. I, I try not to use any sort of weird um, sort of marketing sort of terms. It's just, it's just having a chat. Yeah, it's just yeah, having yeah. a chat. It's a bit more personal. And I think that is a much, for me, a, more of a shortcut to building that loyalty in a way that actually is far simpler for you because you don't have to come up with conjure up sort of clever ways of describing things. Just be honest. Just be real. I like that. I like that. Um, any final thoughts or suggestions for people who are listening to your story and thinking, yep, we, we need to take away some lessons. Any key lessons or learnings that people might want to take away? Yeah, I would say, I, I think I've just reiterated, reiterating what I've said, but don't be afraid to try new things, but, but have some sort of framework around how you do that. Brilliant. Well, I wish you all the best with all the products and whatever the future may hold. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on A Better HR Business, the podcast that explores the world of HR consulting and HR tech businesses. For show notes and downloads, go to www.getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. 
That's getmorehrclients.com forward slash podcast. Remember to subscribe and share the show with any friends who are busy growing a HR business. Thanks and see you next time.